Financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. We are about to uh, delve into some uh, wonderful mysteries, secrets, and cover-ups on this planet and beyond, including the moon, Mars, and even our very own sun. These are all images captured on satellite that don't really fit with the official narrative. The new book from Mary Joyce is called Spy in the Sky, Secrets and Cover-Ups on Earth and Beyond. Just got my, my copy from Mary in the mail recently, and it's just filled with some incredible images, and we're going to discuss some of these uh, satellite uh, images and put them up uh, on the, uh, the live stream as well as we're discussing them. And uh, Mary's a good friend of the program. She's worked for uh, two major metropolitan newspapers, the Orlando Sentinel in Florida as an artist and a columnist, and the Oakland Press in Michigan as a, a Sunday magazine editor and then a feature editor. On the side, she's written magazine articles and books, and since 2008, she's been the main researcher and editor for a fabulous website called Skyships Over Cashiers. 
skyshipsovercashiers.com, skyshipsovercashiers.com. The website features a wide variety of cutting-edge topics from UFOs to secret underground bases from Bigfoot to Cherokee little people. She is the author of the aforementioned Spy in the Sky, also underground military bases hidden in North Carolina mountains. Cherokee little people were real, tangible evidence of Jesus left behind for us, and Bigfoot beyond the footprints. Mary, welcome back to the program. How are you? Fine. It's always good to see you, and I enjoy talking to you. Likewise. Well, congratulations on Spy in the Sky. And uh, we have talked in the past many times, actually, about um, how you use, for example, uh, Google Earth and others to spot artifacts that appear to be to have some intelligence behind them, not natural um, formations, but uh, artificial-type artifacts found uh, on the ocean floor uh, or on other planets. But now you've, you've collected them and put them all in, in one book, and it's, again, called Spy in the Sky, Secrets and Cover-Ups on Earth and Beyond. Let's begin by explaining, I mentioned Google Earth, but what other, where, where else are you getting your images um, it, many different ways, mostly with Google uh, Earth. And I really want to emphasize that anybody in your audience can use this as a tool. Now, it takes a lot of patience because I've cruised Mars, I've cruised Antarctica, I've cruised the ocean, I've cruised um, many places. You don't find things right away. This has been over years that I have found these things, and I haven't found these anywhere else Um on the internet. So we're, I'm dealing with some really fresh images that will be new to most people. Uh, the most different source that I have um, comes from a man who was from the Netherlands and he contacted me back in 2013 and he was taking uh, uh, NASA SOHO satellite images. A SOHO satellite monitors the sun every 15 minutes. It takes a picture, constantly monitors it. He would take those NASA photos, which any of us can find on the internet, and then he would blow them up and clean up the debris and the interference. And it's astounding what he would find, something that might look like a, uh, a comet streaking across uh, the sky near the sun proved to be something that looked like a giant um, extension rod with an intricate metal parts to it. And these things are not like the saucers that we see in photograph near uh, the earth. Uh, we have two of them that he found um, that um, we call them hotels. And one is the uh, Phoenix Hotel because it looks a little bit like a phoenix with wings. Another one was, um, we called it the Isis Hotel. Again, a similar kind of structure, but you zoom in and you see structure, you see metal, you see intricacies. Uh, like I've never seen with any UFOs before. Those are wonderful. Uh, there's a bit of a mystery with him because uh, we were in touch from 2013 to 2015, and then it's like he dropped off the earth. Uh, his his um, YouTube channel ceased to be updated. Um, I couldn't reach him no matter what. And I don't know if he just got tired of doing it, uh, which doesn't sound likely. Uh, if he got sick, if he died, or if he was pressured to quit doing this because NASA um, on, on some of their sites will deny that any of these things could possibly be real. Uh, this is uh, Mart Padmos. Uh, That's right. Padmos that you're referring right. to. And um, 
he wanted the world to see these. So whatever has happened to him, I feel like I'm carrying on his mission by including those photos in the book. And they're remarkable. All of them, absolutely all of them are bigger than Jupiter. Some are have a bigger diameter than the sun itself. Right. You mentioned, uh, and we'll, we'll put these, I'll, I'll have my live stream producer insert these up on the screen. We won't see them now as we're talking, Mary, but uh, they will be up there for people to see when this goes to air. So um, you mentioned this uh, image or this, this artifact that appeared between the, this, the NASA's SOHO. Uh, what does that stand for, SOHO? Do we, what is the... Uh, oh. Goodness, I don't know if I can remember. Um, it's one of those acronyms, and I'm really bad at those. Okay, but I've got it, it here. Is, Sorry, I've got it, it here. It is a um, satellite that's always monitoring the sun. Right. And, um, yeah, I'm just seeing if I can it's get It's like that. solar heliotropic um, satellite. I, don't, I really don't there remember. There it is, Solar and Heliospheric Observatory. My so, books are smarter than I am. No, no, that's all right. That's, these are... Solar and Heliospheric Observatory. So um, you mentioned this image that appeared between Soho and the sun, and it's immense uh, because, you know, keep in mind that the sun is... um, In round figures, it's like 860,000 miles across or in diameter. Right. And when you have things near the sun that are bigger than that, we are talking humongous, absolutely humongous. Right. And so this image that appeared or this artifact that appeared, uh, it looks like a th- like a thunderbird or a phoenix. I, when right. I saw the image that you sent me, to me, it, I, I thought of a thunderbird, these mythical huge winged creatures. But a phoenix is another example. Uh, so <clears throat> Ryan will put that up there. So this was captured by Soho. Uh-huh. A and NASA then... camera NASA camera caught all these. The problem is there's a lot of debris and interference. And this man had the technical expertise and computer expertise to clean up that interference and to clean up the debris so you could see the detail. Right. It's up on the uh, on the screen now. And then uh in the book you've zoomed you've zoomed in or or Matt uh, Mark Padmo zoomed in and then he sent you the photo and, and, and as you say you can see the um this is clearly, you know. Um, it's not organic. I mean, there are there are right angles uh, on this, and and it it appears to be, you know, metallic in some way. Uh, I've tried to find words to describe it, and I don't know why this image comes to mind. But if you ever look at a silver saxophone, you see all those buttons, and you see the shiny metal and uh, intricate keys. There's that kind of intricacy in some of the images. Right. So can anyone access the uh, NASA SOHO? Yes. Uh, yes. Just on your computer? Uh-huh. Wow. And it updates, it takes a photograph of the Taking a photo every 15 minutes. I will check in on it every once in a while, and every once in a while I'll get lucky and I'll see one of these things. Uh, sometimes, you know, people will dismiss them. It'll just look like a distant shooting star going across in front of the camera. Uh, but when you zoom in on those, they're not shooting stars. They're not comets. They're um, something that's been made by intelligent beings. So, yeah, if this was um, a satellite or something that was that was orbiting the sun, I mean, it, it should show up in regular intervals. I mean, that would be a huge task, you know, because for something to 
to orbit the sun, depending on how long it took. I don't know, but um, um, it would be interesting to see if this this uh, flying what did you call it the uh, the flying phoenix hotel whether that showed up again so do you also monitor the soho observer not with regularity but i will take time every once in a while and what you can do once you get into that site you can skim through all the ones that have been taken for the last 24 hours and so you just skim down and if something jumps out uh then i slow down and take a good look at it you can look for days and never find anything and then you can find a bunch of fantastic things and it's it's curious that NASA wouldn't take these down. In... Um, sometimes they do. Yeah. But see, it's a live feed. And if you're right there watching live feed, you have a good chance of catching it. Every uh, computer keyboard has a key that you can press uh, that will capture whatever image is, uh, is on your screen. And I encourage people to learn where it is on their keyboard if they don't already know, because some of these things you may never see again. Right. So um, getting back to Google Earth, uh, because you, you only use that, you can only use that on the Earth or can you use Google Earth and turn Does it turn around and also up at the top of the page? You'll see, I think it's an image of Mars and you have a choice of Mars, the moon or Earth that you that Google uh, Pro will take you to. Right. So like the one you want. OK, so. Um, with the um, with Google Earth, and when you're looking at the Earth, you're primarily looking at the uh, the oceans on the ocean floor. Uh, no, no. Uh, Antarctica has been a major uh, focus that's included in the book. Uh, beneath the ocean is another focus. So those are just things that I haven't seen anywhere else before that I have been trying to uh, get out and show people how you know what's out there to really see. So do you have any um, any tips, hacks, as we call them now, I guess, in order to help people if they want to they want to participate and do what you're doing? Because, you know, the more eyes, eyeballs, the better, obviously. Um, how do you how do you approach this? Uh, I mean, you must do it systematically. In other in other words, you have to have a game plan. Otherwise, you just. You well, spend hours it depends. And come I'll up give you I'll give you the game plan like on Mars, um, on Mars. The latest thing I've been doing is I found out where water is most likely on the planet. There's a, another acronym, it's SWIM, S-W-I-M. Don't ask me what the letters stand for, but they're looking for water and ice just beneath the surface of Mars. Water is essential for life. So I figured that would be a really potent area to begin doing searching. So sometimes I'll start out with a plan like that. Sometimes I'll just zero in on someplace and just start cruising. And sometimes I get lucky. Um, you don't instantly find these things unless you're really lucky. Um, and there's sometimes a great deal of time between some of the things I have in the book. For example, I think it was in 2011, I was cruising the northern hemisphere of Mars and found what looks to be like a habitat or a self-contained living uh, space that where a human being or human beings could live. It was five years later when I was doing a similar cruise in the Southern Hemisphere that I found another one. Um, the first one was 700 feet in length. And even though the image is kind of blurry, you can tell it is not something that is part of a natural topography of a planet. I don't care which planet you pick. 
And then the one that was found in the Southern Hemisphere five years later is 7,000 feet in length. I assume the smaller one was built first. Uh, I'm just looking through the uh, the series of images you sent me. There's one um, on page one of the f- images that you sent me. There's the uh, photo You're of... You're the, the only one that has a copy of that, so I can't even have a reference. <laughs> okay, but it's... it's um, well, it looks to be like it's on the red planet. That it's very red and sandy, and then there's it looks like a garage door, an open garage. Oh, door. oh! Now that was a, that was an interesting experiment. Normally, when I cruise a planet or um, I go from east to west or west to east, um, this time I tipped the the planet and started doing the same search, going from north to south. If I hadn't done that, I would never have discovered. 27 entrances all in a line going into the interior of Mars. And they're all set very, very similar in structure. They're all in a line spread out over 16 miles. And they range in width um, from 400, round figures, from 400 feet to 1,000 feet. Um, across. Uh, the horizon, yes, across. And they look like um, uh, warehouse entrances or you know, I, I don't know how else to describe them. Yeah. And that that's big, you know, a thousand feet across. Anything we can fathom can fly into that. Anything we have that's man-made on this planet can fly into one of the smaller entrances, which is 400 feet. And there are 27 of them from the south pole of Mars to the north pole. All it's going north. and I'm not saying it's spread out that whole way, but it is on a north-south a- axis. It spread out over 16 miles, and there's 27 of these entrances. Wow. That blew my mind. And that uh, is a way of confirming what uh, Hyman Ashid said uh, back in December of 2020. Now, he was uh, the head of Israeli space security for nearly 30 years. Uh, wonderful credentials. He'd won many awards, uh, uh, just inc- incredible credentials. And in the Jerusalem Post in 2020, in December, he went public about a number of things. And I hope, let's see, maybe I can find that page, because there's some quotes that are there that should be shared with your audience. Page eight. It's page eight. Professor Uh Ayam Heshed, again, head of Israel's security space program from 1981 to 2010. Also a three-time recipient of the Israeli Security Award. So this guy has credentials to say right. that. And keep that page open since you can access that quicker than I can. Um, I've highlighted two sentences there. Read that to your audience. This is, this is a, uh, it's entirely a quote uh, from him. Um, but those that are highlighted are uh, important. All right. This is his statement. Professor Haim Eshed's statement as published in the Jerusalem Post article. And that was from December 8th, 2020. Quote, the UFOs have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Trump was on the verge of revealing, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, wait, let people calm down first. They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understanding. And then he goes on to say, they have been waiting for humanity to evolve and reach a stage where we will generally understand what space and spaceships are. There is an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. 
they too are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe and they want us as helpers. And uh, he also writes or, or says in this interview in the uh, Jerusalem Post, there's an underground base in the depths of Mars where their representatives are and also our American astronauts. And then I find those uh, entrances all in a line. I go, isn't that interesting? Between that, between that and those two habitats, um, that clearly shows to me that we, are, we have human beings on the planet right now. And why they maintain this other space program with outdated rocketry, um, it's, it's almost like they're using that to distract the public from what's really going on. Dog and pony. And that sounds like an expensive dis- distraction, but clearly that must be what they're doing. Because there's no way that they're blasting rockets to Mars to get this kind of uh, operation going. No, not using old-fashioned rocket fuel. No. Um, and think about that. If if that is in fact the case that they have this dog and pony show, like window dressing, to distract us. Uh, meanwhile, there is this secret space program, and they're using who knows what anti-gravitics, uh, what technology it would you know to to get a base to Mars and establish a colony there. Um, I mean, th- people are dying to this day in you know uh, in horrible accidents. We had the shuttle, the shuttle uh, disasters. Uh, all of that is unnecessary. So um, they have a lot to answer for, <laughs> let's put it that way, uh, when when this is all uh, said and done. All right. Spy in the Sky, Secrets and Cover-Ups on Earth and Beyond. Mary Joyce stays with us. We'll take a quick time out, come back and uh, delve further into some of these remarkable Google Earth images, all curated nicely in the uh, the brand new book, Stay with us. Back with more in a moment. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files. And what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal. But if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Welcome back. to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Welcome back. Mary Joyce is with us and uh, she's a journalist, author, and uh, the founder, creator of Skyship 
Sky Ships, sorry, Sky Ships over cashiers.com and her brand new book, Spy in the Sky. And uh, these are, many of them, uh, Google Earth images. And on Google Earth, you can take uh, images or you can find images not only on Earth, but also on uh, the moon and on Mars. And just another quick, um, a quick tip. Uh, you've pointed this out previously. When you're looking for something, when you find something, something remarkable, take a note of, you, you want to pin it and take a note of the, the, uh, the coordinates, right? That's correct. Right. Because. <laughs> but, and again, that, uh, I, a lot of people don't know that they can uh, print the screen. Whatever's on your computer screen, there's a button to hit that, and that will save whatever you're seeing. And it, that's so important because so many of these things that I have found, uh, as soon as I post them on the website, they disappear or they get blurred or they get um, totally distorted. So um, if you find something important, please hold on to it. How often, how long do you have to look? Let's say, let's say you're looking in the Antarctic. How long do you have to look typically before you get a hit? Okay. Once you get uh, your first hit, then it becomes a little bit easier. I want to give full credit to a young, uh, to a woman. Her name is Mary Hall. And she had a stroke at a very young age. She's probably about 50 now. And for a while she was bedridden and she amused herself by using Google Earth and exploring things. About a year ago, well, yeah, in May of 2021, she started exploring Antarctica. She spent four months looking for something that might be interesting. And one day she found this, it's, it looks like a black crack in the ice. And she went delving, you can go down, you can delve real deep with, with Google Earth. And she found the remains of an ancient city. Well, once I found that out, then I began to uh, explore myself, and I realized how she had found that. So after four months of hard work from her, I was kind of given a jump start on how to find these images myself. Between the two of us, we ended up find, finding the ruins of five different ancient cities beneath the ice in Antarctica. The ice in Antarctica is melting really, really fast, so all sorts of stuff is being discovered. Now, here is something that I think is really important to emphasize. Most scientists agree that Antarctica has been covered with ice for 34 million years. So what's um, being uncovered now is the oldest thing we have ever heard of. How people think the uh, Great Pyramid's old. It's less than 5,000 years old. Compare 5,000 years to 34 million. I mean, the mind can't even comprehend it. So these are truly extraordinary things to discover. And uh, again, speaking to my live stream producer, Ryan, um, if you go to page two that I sent you, and it's the second image, and that is one of the ancient cities that appears to be emerging from Antarctica's ice, if you could put that up on the screen. And um, you write here, Mary, an ancient metropolis discovered emerging from Antarctic melting ice back on September 18th, 2021 by Mary Hall, who found it using Google Earth. A portion of that city shown above, uh, and then you've increased the photo contrast to so the city walls are instantly recognizable. And again, when you look at this image and you you um, you zoom in, you can see these are these are not these they can't be natural formations. There are right angles, uh, right angles. There's an intelligence behind 
whatever created this. Now, I only sent you the one image, which is a good one, and, and you're putting, you either have it up or going to put it up, but on some of them, the cities spread out like cities do now today on Earth. There's one that looks like it's stretched out along a river. It's got that kind of an organic flow to it. So um, the cities then, like the cities now, uh, will evolve somewhat organically. And um, have you gone back to check to see whether these are still visible on Google Earth or have they been blurred or erased somehow? In the book, I show, I don't know what the state of them is right now. Uh, I haven't checked them in the last two or three weeks. But I have some in there where you can see where they have deliberately blurred them. And I will have the shot that I took a screenshot of, and I will have what they did often within a day of me posting it. All right. Um, I want to go back to the uh, another image that you sent me that I want to put up on the screen here. And um, there's a, 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 a sort of a wide shot of this, and it looks it's very yellow. Um, and then you zoom in, and it looks like some sort of a circular or a round disc and uh, almost like it's, it's been, it was trying to, or it landed and it slid along the surface and then came to rest. Do you know which one I'm referring yes, to? Yes, I do. And uh, I, I, another thing you can do with Google Earth Pro is you can measure things, which, you know, in feet or yards or kilometers or, or, or whatever. And the, it's a circular shaped UFO that's about 400 feet in diameter and you can see the skid mark and I've measured the skid mark and it's over 4,400 feet in length. And then you can see where this thing is like crashed into the soil of um, the planet. I'm sorry. Did you say Mars? This is resting yes, Mars. That's Mars. Wow. And um, what is that yellow band? Did, um, it you, almost looks like that was, and I can only guess on this, it looks like that image was caught when this was crashing in because it looks like it was heat generated um, street marks. Uh, right. That's what it looks like to me. And it also has a white reflection off the back. The sun hits Mars also. So there are shadows and reflections uh, just like we have. Remarkable. Remarkable. Have uh, and again, you're able to mark the coordinates, even on the red planet. Uh, Eighty-one degrees, twenty minutes, fifty-one seconds, or something like that. North, ninety-one twenty-eight thirty-eight eighty-six east. That's right. And I should point this out. I'm not trying. I'm trying to share this information with with people, and everything I have found, I have tried to find the coordinates so that anybody can copy those coordinates and paste it into, well, or put it into the uh, search bar for uh, Google Earth, and you can find these sites for yourself. And that's a nice place to start. You can take one of those images, and then you can explore further from there. Do you ever get a, uh, any, I don't know, phone calls in the middle of the night, cryptic messages saying, what are you up to, Mary? What are you doing? Um, no, I've had some strange things happen, but not like that. And most of those things happened when I had a, um, when I first started the website and had a different computer. 
And I'll just quickly tell you one story. Um, I was working on uh, a UFO story for the website. I didn't finish it. The next morning I got up, went into my office and was going to finish it. Couldn't find it. Well, what happened was all of my UFO files had disappeared, every single one of them. But everything else I had on my computer was there. I called in the guy who was the head of computer services for the university uh, here close to me. And he came to my home and checked it out. He said he couldn't even find remnants of it in the bowels of the computer. He'd never seen anything like it. He didn't know how it was done. So that would probably be the most unusual uh, thing that's happened to me. Um, White I don't know. Clean. I, hopefully White I won't clean. stir up anything with this book. <laughs> I'm, I am flipping here. Uh, forgive me. I'm flipping through as we're talking because I'm trying to find this, and I'm listening intently, but I'm trying to find this, another image that you sent me in the book. Uh, it almost looks like, um, almost like a bullet hole because the edges around this opening are very jagged on the top. I don't know if is it, is it, is is it one of the few black and white pictures? Um, no, it's, uh, this is one of the two, I found it now on page 26. It's one of the two entrances. Now we're bouncing back to the Antarctic, uh, two entrances into Antarctica's Ah. interior. And we're um, just going to jump your audience all over the place today. Now we're back on Antarctica. I love it. Well, I'm just looking at the, the images that you sent me and I'm kind of, well, that's a good one. That's a good one. And um, what can you tell me about this entrance? Well, there's a good story with that one, too, as far as cover up goes. Um, found two entrances into Mars. Uh, one of them looks like it has a metal awning over it, and it's at an angle, so I can't get precise measurements of it. Sorry, Antarctica. I, you mentioned you said Mars. We're back on Antarctica. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Yes, Antarctica. I see the metal. I Thank see you. the metal. I see the metal um, dome over the entrance. Yeah. But it's at an angle, so you can't really measure the width of it. The other one, which on that page is right next to it, is a straight-on shot. And that one's 300 feet across and 100 feet high. Now, that's the one where there's been some really interesting activity. I posted those two together on the website, skyshipsovercashers.com. And immediately, I think it was the next day, but it was very, very shortly after posting that, it was like somebody picked up a bottle of black India ink and poured it all over it. You couldn't see the entrance at all. Uh. The next step was that um, these two entrances had been covered up, but they still had words on it. And it said hollow earth entrance one, hollow earth entrance two. All right. Then the next step of the cover up was those disappeared. And finally they turned the entire thing into a, a snowfield, and you couldn't even tell that there ever had been anything there. So I show the steps of the cover-up, and again, by pressing that screen uh, button on my keyboard, I was able to save these things. All right, another time awaits. Mary Joyce stays with us. Skyships over cashiers.com. Again, the new book, Spy in the Sky, Secrets and Cover-Ups on Earth and Beyond. Back with more of our conversation right after these. Welcome back. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. We're back with Mary Joyce, journalist, author, the brand new book, The Spy in the Sky, Secrets and Cover-Ups on Earth and Beyond, and the website, skyshipsovercashiers.com. 
Um, I'm just going to work through another uh, image that you sent me so that Ryan can put this up on the screen. And um, this looks like it's, uh, well, it's in the ocean, and it looks like it might be off the coast of uh, California. And it's just, um, I can't really zoom in. Maybe I can find it. Here, I can explain it. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And um, I found a whole series of ancient structures beneath the surface of the Pacific, all the way from Alaska down to the Baja Peninsula. I think the one that you have was uh, one that looks like an underwater airport. Yes. And yes. it's it's in the ocean between, or the, it's it's the Bay of California, I think. Yes. But it's east of Baja. It's between Baja and Mexico. It's east of the Baja Peninsula. You're right. And next and to it, I also sent you a picture of the Spokane um, Airport. And you can see how the runway it's down deep beneath the ocean and the runway in Spokane look incredibly similar. But here's the difference. The longest airport runway in the world is just slightly over three miles. That one that's under the ocean is, I think it's 89 miles small or 88, 89 miles in length. So we're talking humongous. Every structure I found along the West coast of California and Baja and Canada they're huge, huge structures. So whatever intelligence created those, they probably were a totally different species because everything is so huge. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does. It looks like an airport. <laughs> On Any idea what the depth of the water is there? No, I wish that I had done that. I did not do that in the book. I, I've got the length of the runway and where it's located and the coordinates, but no, I didn't get that answer. And again, uh, Ryan, if you could put up those images, this is uh, possible undersea airport east of Baja Peninsula. And then once you post that, post the image of the uh, runway from the Spokane International Airport. <laughs> and you're right, they, it, it looks pretty much the same. 89 miles this yeah, runway. isn't that you've got the page there? I think I I'm, I'm within a mile of it. I know. Yes, eighty-nine miles long. And again, um, have you gone back to check the coordinates for this one to see if it's still there? Um, I'm going to have to do that. As you know, I. By the way, I wanted your audience to know that you're the one who gave me the impetus to do this book. Ah. And I had been collecting all this information. This idea kind of resided in the back of my head. And you and I had a conversation. And by the time you were done talking to me, I thought, I got to do that. So you get the credit for me getting off my butt and making this happen. And well, I want the audience to thank know that. You. That's very kind, Mary. I played a very, very small role. I simply reminded you of something. Well, you kicked me in the butt. So, I mean, that was good. <laughs> you know what? Why don't we employ our listeners? Let's put them to work. Let me give them the coordinates and, you know, they can check these things out and see if it's still there. The um, Again, we're talking about a possible undersea airport east of the Baja Peninsula. The coordinates on Google Earth are 26 degrees, uh, 50 minutes, 31 seconds north. Again, 26 degrees, 50 minutes, 31 seconds north. 100 degrees, 37 minutes, 0 seconds west. 
I think I read those out correctly. That's the way you're supposed well, to. I don't, but what you might want to do is to um, just show it on your screen, show the coordinates on the screen, and people can more easily jot them down. There you go. They're confusing. Okay. Talking coordinates is like listening to Japanese. Right. Okay. So I'll give Ryan, you, you put those coordinates up 26, 50, 31 north, 110. 3700 West. He'll put those up. That's a great idea. And check it out and let us know. Has that image been obliterated or blurred? Um, when putting this book together, Mary, what would you say was your the biggest your biggest find, your favorite find from Google Earth? From Google Earth. I think what's going on on Mars is incredibly important. I just... Uh, that's that's going that is giving us a glimpse of our future that is showing us what's currently going on um i tend to want to look forward rather than backward and that would the discoveries on mars i think are the most outstanding in my own opinion but as far as archaeology goes the things beneath the ocean and the things that are coming up from the antarctic are pretty incredible too right um I don't have these images to put up on the screen, but can you talk to me a little bit about, about these undersea pyramids in the Bahamas? Do you remember those on page? Yeah, and there's a personal 86? story that goes with that. I used to live on Cocoa Beach between Patrick Air Force Base and the Kennedy Space Center. And one day I was with a friend and we were having drinks um, at the, the pier and got into a conversation with a couple and they were all excited. They were divers and they had been diving off of Bureau Beach, Florida and um, they had found um, a pyramid. And what happens is there is a sandy bottom to the Atlantic. And when there's storms, um, big storms, it will turn up the sand. And a lot of the treasure hunters will then fly in low planes to see if they can find treasures. And um, some of these pyramids become visible under those conditions. Well, I started using Google Earth in my great detective work here and found um, two pyramids uh, south of Paradise Island in the Bahamas. And that's another cover-up story because I have the original images that I found. And then shortly after that, um, they went in and put new satellite strips. Well, one of the strips was really small, and it just happened to have been placed right where those pyramids are. So that's the kind of craziness that uh, goes on with the cover-ups. Remarkable, remarkable. Uh, let's see here. Um, Alaska, can we move up to the uh, Alaskan coast here? Evidence of ancient civilizations off Alaska's coast. And um, you give a, a shout-out to someone, Colin Andrews, for suggesting you explore a particular area off the southern coast of Alaska. Now, Colin Andrew, uh, Andrews may be somebody that your listeners, or at least some of them, might be familiar with. He is known for his work with um, discovering and uh, getting photos and analyzing uh, crop circles. And so how he got down beneath the water of the ocean, I don't know, but he found something he found peculiar. And um, the first thing I found under his uh, direction was like a, a square rectangle of horizontal lines all parallel and I I don't I think they're like five miles in length and they're all parallel in a perfect box well what's that doing on the bottom of the ocean and then it's like you can see um 
perhaps roads that connect that with something else. Um, it gets rather intricate and it is beyond describing with words other than what I just told you. The right. rest of it's really confusing. Amazing. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm standing here looking or sitting here looking at these images. Um, evidence west of Gorda, another unusual pattern of equally spaced perpendicular lines on the ocean floor directly west of the town of Gorda, uh, which is uh, south of Big Sur State Park. And um, I mean, this is even more elaborate. These these lines kind of crisscross a little bit, but again, right. you have parallel uh, lines uh, in one direction and parallel lines in another direction. Um, I think that whole formation is 28 miles in one direction and 25 miles in the other direction. Yes. It looks like some farmer's field, except the dimensions are so big. Um, some of the strips there that would be like rows of uh, produce, let's say, or crop, um, I think are over a mile in width um, yeah, 1.43 miles in width so we're not talking something small uh, south of long beach evidence of a third california coastal ruin about 46 miles south of the malibu structure well first of all we should talk a little bit about the malibu structure um, I, I we talk about what gets me started on stuff back in 2014 uh, somebody found this huge structure off of malibu uh, and it's huge. Uh, the roof you can measure on, on Google Earth and it's like three miles across and it's, it's sort of like, anyhow, it's flat. The side view, when you look at it, it's being, the roof is being held up by pillars. And um, anyhow, I, when I found that out, I thought, that's probably not the only thing along the California coast. So I spent a great deal of time just cruising the coast up and down and ended up finding things from Alaska down to Baja. Um, yeah, the Malibu structure, you do have a picture of it in the book. And you're right, when you see it on the side angle, you do see pillars, what appear to be pillars, holding up this massive... Now, to make it even more interesting, that particular area uh, is where people see a lot of UFOs. So there's two possibilities for the origin of these that I've come up with. One is it's some kind of alien civilization to who knows maybe it's a remnant from uh ancient lemuria which is also known as pan or uh, mu which was uh, a civilization supposedly uh that sunk into the pacific ocean well that has been dismissed as myth but when you begin to find these structures along the west coast you go hmm it could be part of that right so it's and, either uh, very ancient or it's et and if somebody has another idea i'd certainly love to hear it and our uh, uh, Preston Dennett has done a lot of uh, yes, research and work in terms of uh, UFOs coming out of the submersibles. These are submersible uh, UFOs coming out uh, uh, of that area. People will stand on the beach and just watch these strange lights in the sky coming up out from under the, uh, the ocean around where this um, Malibu structure is. And I think we have time just to discuss one more. And it's like the Malibu structure, you write, the one near Isle Coronado is monstrous. It looks like a giant cockroach. <laughs> Those are your words. I hadn't thought of that one. Yeah. What, uh, well, it's, it's, it's just, um, it's parallel and uh, west of um, Coronado uh, Island. And it looks like there, it's, it has um, sloping, how do you say it? 
it's it's like a structure with sloping um, sides that go out and it looks like maybe there's a portico that goes around it and when you look down on it straight down uh, those porticos because it's at an angle uh, look like um, uh, dots that are equally spaced going around the, the the side of this it is twice as long as the island of um, Coronado it's a, that picture that I include in the book is five miles long I wonder if anyone is thinking about organizing some kind of a expedition to, I don't know, sending a submersible down there with a camera or something. I think that'd be great. All right. Well, uh, that's just a sample of uh, some of the remarkable images you're going to find in Spy in the Sky, Secrets and Cover-Ups on Earth and Beyond. And and um, you can participate too. Just go on to Google Earth and uh, choose either the Earth or the Moon or the Mars. Make sure that um, you take screenshots. That's so important. And uh, whatever you find, maybe you send them to Mary. Well, I think maybe you'd like them too. So uh, they, they can let either one of us know about it. And uh, if somebody finds something really good, let's share it with people. That's why I did this book. It's like a mission. Hey, you guys, look at what's happening around here. And uh, um, it's important. So if people find something... That's great. We'll run with it. Uh, like I said, it was a, a, a gal in a confined to her bed who first got me started on finding the discoveries in Antarctica. I will give people credit. I'm not one of those who wants to hog the stage and say, hey, I'm the one who did this. Um, so if you want an outlet for something you find, uh, contact me at skyshipsovercashers.com. All right. And in the meantime, spy in the sky, amazon.com. That's correct. Mary, always a, a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Fascinating work. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe at strangeplanetpodcast.com.